1: Shut up, shut up, shut stick up, shut up, Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha
2: Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And welcome to the official name, image, and likeness, I should say inaugural episode. Yeah.
1: It's here. We, will,
2: we will be talking about this, I'm sure, many, many times going forward. So thank you for your patience. You have made it. We are going to talk about name, image, and likeness on this episode. The time has come. We've only been telling you that this, this moment was coming for like six months, but we are yeah. here and we even have a guest who will be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, for anyone who maybe does or does not yet. And if you don't, I would recommend giving him a follow Matt Brown, who is the publisher of the extra points newsletter will be joining us. Uh, he is, he is in the weeds with naming (laughs) this and in fact has even done some deals so far with athletes. So we'll have plenty Mm -hmm. to talk about with him and I'm excited. Like I said, if you don't already follow him, I recommend it. It's just at Matt Brown EP on Twitter He's a good follow. His newsletter is also incredibly informative, but we will get to more about Matt and his expertise here shortly. Sasha, name, image, and likeness. We are, we are (sighs) in it. It has happened and the world has not completely burned to the ground yet.
1: I know. Like I am just so excited for all of these athletes and, and the opportunities that are on their horizon, like to, capitalize on anything that they can (laughs) Mm -hmm. involving any talents they may have. It's not just like doing business deals necessarily, but even just like you brought this up on the last episode, being able to go and perform a concert if they want to, Um, being able to sell if they have an Etsy shop and actually being able to make money off of the things that they make. Uh, I saw a few people Uh, unveiled clothing lines like that's amazing it's like limitless
2: (laughs) it truly is and I think one thing that a lot of people maybe don't realize and I've had a couple of really great conversations with people in compliance and different things that will be coming out um, on hail so at hail in the coming days that will give you even more to know about name image likeness maybe answer some questions that we're all a little bit uh, confused about and honestly if you are concerned, this is sort of the name of the game for a bit. This is Mm -hmm. what happens when you have state law, state legislation, and schools that don't have state legislation trying to create policies without any kind of federal guidelines. And the NCAA, just to be clear, really is the reason that this happened. The NCAA pushed and pushed and pushed to really not uh, have something uniform. I mean, the NCAA only passed its uniform policy or it's, not even policy, more of just its suggestions. The day before name, image, and likeness yeah. officially went into place. So when you have that happening, and the NCAA is trying to work with the federal government to to just kind of work through this whole this whole thing, it seems like it might be a while before we have anything officially uniform. So we are going to run into some bumps along the mm-hmm. way. Now. What Sasha said is so important. I think a lot of people in the last couple of weeks have gotten really hung up on the sponsorship deals. And absolutely, there have been some major ones already. Haley and Hannah Cavender of Fresno State uh, Women's Basketball. They are incredibly well-known on TikTok. They are now capable of monetizing their TikTok. But they signed a giant deal with Boost Mobile, had a billboard in Times Square. I mean, they were... (laughs) They're going to, I think like, I can't even remember the amount of money that they said that they could make somewhere around like 3 million a year, just as influencers on TikTok and Instagram. That's not even to count all the other things in this is, this is not just, they're not the only ones. When we look at Nebraska specifically, Adrian Martinez signed a deal with degree, degree deodorant. Now that is a part of a deal that is multiple athletes across various sports Mm -hmm. at various schools across the country. I think like 14 or 15 different athletes. I I mean, we are not yet privy to the information about that deal, but if I had to go out on a limb, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a probably a five figure deal. Yeah. And I'm really not, I'm, I'm really I hesitate to like overshoot that number, but there's a lot of money in influencer marketing. So I just want to be clear, like, even if they're paying each of these 14, 15 athletes, and again, I don't know how much it is. I'm just throwing a number out there. Even if they're paying them $15,000 for a season to do this with degree, that is still such a low cost in the overall budget of degree deodorants marketing that it's, it's, It's really not making a huge dent in their marketing budget. So that is why you'll see some of these deals that to us are going to feel kind of like, Oh my, like that is so, that is a lot. They're not for these companies. No, I do. I do like not a major
1: corporation, especially.
2: (laughs) No. And I mean, I have seen some concern about like what about small businesses who might end up taking their money away from say the university or from media publications or outlets like Hale varsity because they want to funnel them to, the athletes and I think it's a legitimate concern. I think that there is a potential for that. But I will say if anybody with a small business is listening to this, as somebody who has worked in marketing and advertising, who has some familiarity with influencer marketing, influencer marketing cannot be your only source of advertising. Right. It just cannot be. So if you're a small business and you're trying to figure out how could we maybe bring an influencer on or bring an athlete on, Absolutely. You, you are, you should find a way to maybe find that perfect, that perfect fit. Like we've seen a bunch of offensive lines getting sponsored by barbecue companies. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like this, this offensive line is the official offensive line of X barbecue. And I think it's so smart, but that barbecue company cannot make that their entire advertising for the year. So it's going to be about budgeting and figuring out, okay, if we have
1: the balancing act, really.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you are really truly like a very small business and you only have a couple of thousand dollars to spend in a year, um, maybe you look at 25% of that going to going toward an influencer or an athlete marketing opportunity, Mm -hmm. but you know, the other, you might end up finding ways to do trades or different deals, but you're still going to want to continue with, if you're doing a radio ad, that's been successful for you, you're going to want to continue to do those things. You don't pull out of the stuff that, has been successful or has been part of your plan just to go chase this thing, you have to find a way to make it work. So I understand there's hesitation. There will be some instances of that, but ultimately I think it's just going to take a little bit of trial and error (laughs) in time, in time we will look back on this and go, yeah, that was messy, (laughs) but it wasn't maybe as problematic as we thought it would be.
1: Right. I totally agree with you. I think, too, like a lot of the questions that I've seen frequently pop up, not necessarily from people in the media, but just, you know, fans in general, like what happens to the locker room when so-and-so makes more money than so-and-so? And I mean, if you think, if you really, really think about it, the professional sports that you're watching, they don't all make the same amount of money.
2: No, and that's not even just sponsorships. They're not right. making the same amount of money from the moment that they are signed exactly. with the team. Exactly. So that disparity is all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things that I, I will be excited to – talk with Matt about, because Mm -hmm. like I said, he's had a little bit of experience going through some of these marketplaces. And the other piece that I caution anyone who's a little too concerned is to step back and also ask yourself maybe where that information is coming from, because we have already seen misinformation where a graphic was getting shared. It originated with unfortunately a coach who even when told the information was incorrect it kind of did not seem to want to take that seriously we're going to see people spreading misinformation around NIL. It's going to concern parents. It's going to concern athletes. Compliance officers are going to get tons of phone calls. I mean, you have a lot of players at the table. You have your um, you have places like open doors who are not only the marketplace, but also the education system Mm -hmm. of this. And there are open doors competitors. You also have uh, the schools themselves and their compliance departments and their, you know, business counterparts that are trying to, sort all of this out Mm -hmm. you have agents now these athletes can have agents there are a lot of people who are going to be in on this and that for better or worse will make things
1: I think it'll help one oh yeah (laughs) we're gonna say
2: confusing yes um but I think of
1: like ultimately like having this many people involved in this I think that we like get to a conclusion on how to smoothly make this work quicker by having, you know, some people that have been at the forefront of this, um, whether it be starting a marketplace or agents educating themselves into how this, that, and the other thing could potentially work. Obviously, like, schools vary with their compliance departments, school to school, as if um, you sent me the article that Matt wrote, and I was like, I hadn't even, I actually hadn't even thought about that, because it's, there's so many so many tentacles, um, with NIL, but I think that, I mean, in time, it'll be a lot smoother process, but I mean, this just happened
2: mm-hmm.
1: 12 days ago.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. And that's the thing that I'm glad that you, you brought this up. We can link this in the show notes. One of Matt's, uh, newsletters, recent newsletters on name, image, and likeness. And I also want to say when we link this, he does have a subscription component. So if you decide to sign up and subscribe, you will get I, if I, he can give us the details, I believe it's, I'm a subscriber. I should just like, no, but like, I'm just so used to getting them now. Um, I believe there's four a week, two are paid, two are free. So you can certainly sign up and get them for free. But if you want some of these deeper dives on topics, mm. they might be a premium piece, but this one that we will link is, is free. Um, so you can at least get a taste of what Matt does, but it's, it's really interesting because he did go through the process of trying to sign athletes to promote his, his newsletter Mm -hmm. and he, he, I've talked with him about it already and partially from reading his (laughs) newsletter, but it is an interesting process that is going to be confusing and tough for businesses to work through for a little while. And so we just kind of, I think have to show grace through these processes. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say, I think compliance departments are going to be especially understanding because there are a lot of, can you do this? Should you do this? And probably a number of, um, violations that are going to happen but everyone is just so kind of this is so new that I think because they know this they're just going to not let things slide but it's not going to be a lose your eligibility today kind of thing it's going to be how do we better operate for the future learn grow and educate so I think
1: I was just gonna say I I think that it ends up being like a, a learning lesson for the schools for the athletes um like like with anything, when you introduce a new top, a topic or subject that not everyone's super familiar with, there is a learning curve. Mm. <laughs> and uh, that grace that we always talk about, I think, is super, super important, especially regarding this.
2: Absolutely. Well, we are going to be joined here momentarily by Matt Brown. So, I just also want to throw this out. This is not going to be our one and done episode of name, image and likeness. And I just have to say too uh, to sky who already is sending mailbag questions. We don't even have a mailbag set yet, but now I'm thinking we need to have one maybe next Probably. week. Um, but he specifically said, if you made a drinking game is I'm not going to give away his cold question, but one of his rules was drink. Anytime we promise a name, image and likeness episode. <laughs> Got you sky. Yep, Got you. you have to drink buddy. well, I am excited and I know Sasha is excited to welcome in Matt Brown of extra points. So if you also have additional questions for him, you know, send them our way at Podcast at halevarsity.com because maybe we can coerce him to come back on too. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: It, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm always happy to be on here.
2: I will say right as I introduced you, um, one of my dogs decided that that was the perfect moment to shake his collar in the background. So he's also (laughs) excited for you to join us. Um, I was sharing with our listeners, uh, Matt is the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter, which I am a subscriber. I highly recommend it. It's four times a week, right? Because it's it's too premium, too free typically.
0: Yep. That's, that's right. So there's a lot of content, a lot of original reporting, a lot of stuff that you might not find somewhere else.
2: That is, that is like a hundred percent. I do this quite often where I ask people, have you read what's in the extra point news, extra points newsletter today? He does a lot of deep dives into, uh, I mean, name a topic. Matt has probably (laughs) done a deep dive on it, but I mean, we're talking like, really solid FOIA requests that provide information on things that like I hadn't even thought about topics that like when I wake up in the morning and I see the newsletter, I'm like, Oh, that is like really, really interesting. I'm even looking like today, just not to go off of name, image, and likeness, but today's was about what makes a good rivalry. Like just really smart stuff. So I, I really recommend go check out Matt on Twitter. His handle is at Matt Brown EP and Seriously, look into subscribing or at least signing up for the free newsletters. And I feel like you'll be pretty convinced quickly that you need to subscribe. So, yeah. All right, Matt, we've been promising our listeners a name, image, and likeness podcast for like six months. (laughs) (laughs) So, we talked a little bit already about some of the, you know, just bigger questions that have come up. But one of the things that I found so interesting in the piece that we will share again in the show notes for anyone listening is what you learned trying to sign college, college athletes to NIL deals. Can you walk us through that experience just from the get-go to where you are right now?
0: Sure. So I uh, attempted to sponsor multiple athletes to name image or likeness deals to help promote extra points. And there were, there were two reasons for me wanting to do that. There's, there's a legitimate business reason. My newsletter is read by a lot of other media members like like you two. It's read by a lot of folks that work in athletics, administration, commissioners, ADs, coaches. It's not read by as many athletes. And my thinking is, if this is information that's good for a coach or an AD, that's probably going to be beneficial for an athlete as well, especially in this post name, image, and likeness world. And so who better to help me grow an audience within those individuals than by paying them to be influencers, right? The the other reason is also because I write, I've been writing about name, image, and likeness since this newsletter was founded about a year and a half ago, talking to state lawmakers and business school professors and other brands. And so I felt like it would be important for me to understand not just how this market works theoretically, but how it actually works. And so I should participate. And, And what I found, at least in the very beginning, is that it's a little bit more complicated to go just give an athlete money than I had originally thought, right? There's there's, there's just
2: like, here, take my money gift.
0: It's- I, I mean, I, <laughs> that's kind of literally how I, that's literally how I got my first deal because there, there's basically three ways if you're a brand that you can enter in one of these deals. And one of them is directly reaching into the DMs of an athlete and trying to negotiate that way. And that's the cheapest. You don't have to pay a middleman. And if you know exactly who you want to reach out to, that might be effective, but not every athlete wisely, in my opinion, has open DMs. Not all of them are on Twitter as as disgustingly often as I am as, as a reporter. <laughs> um, and so, and it, there's a lot of different athletes. So as me, I'm based in Chicago and I covered the this sport, this, this industry nationally. There's thousands of potential athletes and it can be a challenge to figure out exactly who I want to work with and who might be a good fit. So I found a couple of these via Twitter and th- those were wonderful, but in my experience, the folks that are most likely to DM me and are most active on Twitter tend to be male college football players, which is wonderful, but there's a lot of athletes that aren't male football players. Mm-hmm. Right. Another way that I, I was able to get some of these conversations is by reaching out to a school directly, like literally hitting up the AD and the compliance team and saying, here's who I am. Here's my kind of business. I'd be interested in talking to some of your athletes. Can you put me in touch with some of them or you know, pass this along? And what I found kind of doing this around July 1st is that some schools were literally not prepared to do that yet. I talked to Toledo, mm-hmm. and their ID literally said, hey, "Talk to me in like a week and ten days." Yeah. And to their credit, you know, a lot of these schools had no idea what the, law, what, the what the what their state law was going to be until like July first. You know, mm-hmm. Nebraska, uh, I I think had some benefit in knowing that their state had passed the name, image, and likeness law months and months ahead of July one, and so they knew that athletes at those schools were going to have access to this market. But that wasn't true in my native Ohio. That it's not true in Indiana, which still doesn't have one of these laws. I Utah. some of them still
2: don't. Oh.
0: In- uh, uh, yeah, about half the country does it. So then right. on July 1, they learned, okay, we can set up our own policy. So that, you know, I was able to have several conversations that way, but your mileage may vary depending on who you're reaching out to. Plus, like, if you're looking at a, at a G5 or a school like, you know, Omaha, right? Your compliance team might be two people. Your mm-hmm. sports information team might be two people. They're already... God bless them. They're overworked enough as it is. And then now they just got fire hose blasted with all of this changing information last week. So that might've been difficult. The third place you can go would be a marketplace, a company like an open doors or a market price, or there's about a dozen of these. And they, they look a little bit like a Craigslist or a Facebook marketplace where they seek to connect a brand and an athlete. And if you're a brand, you type in like, okay, I'm looking for an athlete that plays this sport in this region about this number of followers in some places you can even get a little bit more granular and that spits out all the athletes that meet that criteria and then you reach out to them and then typically the brand pays a little bit of extra money to the marketplace mm-hmm. um, for facilitating the deal and I, I was able to reach an agreement with a, a soccer player at the university of illinois women's soccer player via one of those tools and i've done this for a couple other ones but it can be a longer sales cycle and a lot of athletes aren't on these tools yet. And Mm -hmm. this was something I actually found even with Nebraska because my first thought was, hey, I write a lot about women's sports and I can't think of many women's sports that have a more dedicated fan base and have their proverbial stuff together than Nebraska women's volleyball. Those are athletes that I want to talk to and, um, many of them were on these tools, but not everyone's on the tools every day. Uh, many of them want to talk to their teammates or to their coach or compliance team before, which is great. They should. Um, and I found that with a lot of men, they were just like, great, show me the money. Let's do this already. <laughs> and so we, you know, I, I, I found that I've, I've worked with about five or six athletes so far, and I anticipate doing a, a couple other deals in the next week, but I probably reached out to three times as many. Um, cool. and, uh, that's kind of what you have to do if you're running a national campaign.
2: And I think what's interesting about that is a lot of the hesitation that fans maybe have had so far is they have this misunderstanding that it's just going to be this giant free for all. And I know a lot of, a lot of compliance officer, I, I know you've spoken to a number of compliance teams I've spoken to Nebraska's and, you know, they do want their athletes to be careful. Don't just say yes to everything just because it's an opportunity with that said, there are definitely some athletes that are going to just be more willing, like anything and everything that comes my way, sign me up. Yeah. With that said, there are going to be athletes who are a little more hesitant. I want to talk to my coaches. I want to talk mm-hmm. to this. I would rather get a little bit more feedback before I go down this. Do I support this product? Is it something I sincerely believe in? Is it something that I truly like? Does it speak? I mean, how many, how many athletes are we going to inadvertently see accidentally support something that they end up having to be like, just kidding. I don't actually support that because I yeah. didn't know these things yeah. about
1: them. That's what I was actually going to add. That was going to be my question like kind of jumping off of that like do you think that um, like we are going to see quite a bit of that like inadvertent like endorsing of a product that they didn't do any research on before we get kind of the finer details nailed down and hammered out a little bit better?
0: I I would absolutely expect that. Particularly I mean we're we're looking at a world where we're 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 basing so much hope on the judgment of 20 year olds mm, and yeah. so many college athletes are such high performing and excellent individuals and um, are, are, are very wise but like I, I was a 20 year old man once like I, <laughs> of course uh, you're gonna have We've people all that been gonna, there. <laughs> they're all gonna do things that, that, that they're gonna regret and so this, here's what I've told literally every athlete that I've talked to and this is something I mentioned like every time I try to talk about this the way this marketplace works right now nobody has all the information that they would like to have. Uh, universities uh, by and large don't really know what they can tell athletes yet. They're erring on the side of caution. They don't want to get sued into oblivion. A lot of athletes are not really sure how to price themselves. They're not really sure how to even go about looking for some of these, these deals. And, You know, to go back to what you were talking about earlier, part of being a college student is figuring out really who you are and what you believe in. And now you're asked to make those decisions relatively quickly and commercially. And so there's going to be some hesitation there. I think a lot of brands, particularly in a market like yours, are unfamiliar with influencer marketing. They've never bought Facebook ads before. They don't know what CPM is. They're not sure how to price things. They're still kind of wading through that market too. So it's, I think it's super important for an athlete, a brand, a marketplace, a fan, anybody, when you're involved in here is you should operate slowly and you should think to yourself, what can I do to increase trust and transparency throughout this process? So that's, what's going to help people walk away from it feeling good. When I reach out with athletes, I literally tell them, I will not sign with you today. Like I want to give you a subscription to my newsletter. I want you to read it and and have a chance to look at the content and then, Hey, talk to your partner, talk to your parents, talk to your coach, talk to your compliance team, whoever you want, sleep on it. And then come back and talk to me. And like, look, we're talking hundred dollar deals for a nerd letter about like college football <laughs> finance. We're not saving babies or anything here. It's not like a, it's not a life changing shoe deal, but I think the process is important because if you have, if that's your first exposure to how you think this is going to work, I think that will make it easier for you to do something a little bit bigger or more robust next month when that's kind of the expectation that's been set. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier with that is, and I think it's going to be just as much on these brands, which is hard. And it's it's going to be especially hard for small businesses who are maybe not as familiar with this. And I we were saying this st- Earlier, as we we were introing this episode, that for a small business who maybe only has a very, and I'm talking like a thousand, $2,000 budget, but wants to work with an athlete, it's going to be a process where they're really going to have to almost educate themselves as they go through this process too, because they're going to be a part of that ultimate experience with that athlete and helping sort of train themselves, train that athlete, and how that relationship should work. But I was also saying, They really, if you are a small business and you're trying to figure out how should I be spending my small limited marketing budget, influencer marketing is an absolutely amazing way to do that, but it shouldn't take the place of other things that are already working for you. So there has been a concern, primarily in Nebraska, that small businesses are going to take their money from the university or from an outlet like Hale Varsity because they'll want to give it to influencers. And I've thought a little bit about that, but I, I sincerely don't think it will be as significant as people think it is. Because you should not just take all of your money and go unless you know it's absolutely working for you. You have to do, you have to go through the trial and error. You have to test things. Is that something that you kind of are thinking as well? And as you've talked with people, what are you thinking as far as like small businesses pulling all of their money from an athlete and then ditching everyone else?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can tell you this is a concern that's popped up in most conversations I've had with schools over the last year. And what I can tell you is that if you are a school like Nebraska Omaha or a, a regional South Dakota institution or you know, something, a summit League kind of school, the journey the little secret is you really don't make that much money from corporate sponsorships anyway, right? Like you, you're making most of your athletic budget from student fees, from internal transfers, and uh, from your conference distributions. You obviously want more corporate buy-in and community you know, buy-in, And you, but that's from the non-individual level, that's, you, there's generally not a lot of money there. Nebraska does get a lot of that, but Nebraska also has a lot of money period. Um, right. And so if they lose 10,000 or 20,000 here or there, maybe even more, well, they're about to sign a new television deal that's gonna pay them 70 million bucks by the end of the decade. And that is a problem that can potentially be fixed. What I would do if I was Nebraska or if I was any school that's worried about this, you have to realize that the value proposition for donating to the Nebraska Athletic Department is different than it is from sponsoring a specific Nebraska athlete. For one, working with any athlete on the college level is risky. They are 20, 19, 21. They get hurt. They do stupid things they might not reach, they transfer, they, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put things on Instagram, but they might regret later. Right. And and it's, it's, it's a riskier proposition than it is a professional athlete, who you know, might be involved with that team for a little while. Um, when you donate to Nebraska, that's that lasts a longer time. That's something that reaches multiple athletes. And especially in a market like yours, that's also an extension of like civic pride, right? It's a way of saying that you care about the state, that you care about Lincoln, uh, and that that you want to do something bigger than than, than your own business, and you also you don't get the straight financial ROI for that that you might for a sponsorship. So if I was working in Nebraska's development team, um, that's what I would communicate to, to my donors. I'm like, if you want to do both, that's wonderful. I want to support you for that, but you're getting something different from donating to us. Um, it might be a little bit more challenging for your kind of publication, and I, I and and where. It's, it, I think people might ex- expect a similar ROI from donating one to the other, but but you're right. Like it's going to take time to measure that ROI. I think any smart business would have multiple marketing or advertising strategies, uh, and but that is something that we'll, we'll all have to deal with. That, that might even be something that some of my sponsors decide to do, um, and we'll have to we'll have to figure it out.
1: I do have a question. Speaking of the transfer portal, do you think? I was thinking specifically with basketball. Do you think we see less? transfers because of name image, likeness deals. Like if you transfer, you're going to lose this amount of money that we would be giving you. If you just, you know, decide that you're going to transfer next year. Like, do we see like shorter deals or do we see longer ones when it comes to basketball to try to keep players there? I don't even know if that makes sense, but no, I heard it, somebody it, ask that and I was like, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. And for all the things related to name image likeness, I feel like I I want to you know issue this unpopular caveat right that that a lot of this depends on the person right I, I honestly don't think a lot of athletes are going to make their their decision about where they play solely off name image or likeness particularly because most athletes are not going to make a check that's five figures through all right. this I don't like I don't like the talking point that like most people won't benefit because I I think that's not true every athlete has a a name image likeness value above zero. And I remember when I was in college, $700 was a big deal, a much bigger yeah. deal than it is for me. I mean, 700 bucks is still a big deal, but like, you know, you know what I mean, right? I don't want to say like, I want to yeah. poo-poo a small amount, of num- uh, small amount of money, but athletes also make decisions based on playing time, based on the relationships they have with their coaches, based on their academic goals, based on a slew of other factors. And so while I'm sure coaches and schools will use name image and likeness in their recruiting pitches, and 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 particularly in basketball, you might find schools that even though you're not supposed to do this, say, like, you know, this brand opportunity might be available to you if you transfer. Um, it's just going to be one factor that that yeah. that touches a bunch of different things. And athletes are going to also be able to sign deals that are national. Um, if, if you're doing something that's about social media influencing or marketing, it doesn't have to be tied to your region, right? I've I'm 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 a national publication. I talk to folks all over the country. Mm-hmm. Some of these deals are going to be about local food and retail, but some of them are uh, about influencer. Uh, they're about merchandising. They're about direct-to-consumer products. You can sell candles anywhere. You don't have to be yeah. like at a, at, a, <laughs> at a big school to do that, right? So if name it, if like maximizing that is the most important thing to you, I don't think you necessarily have to be in a big market or a different market. It's just going to be one of the things that's brought up. I, I think back a lot to conversation we had a couple years ago about cost of attendance. And th- there was a concern, I think, within athletic circles, like, oh my gosh, schools are going to jack up how, how they calculate tuition. There's going to be a bidding war. Some schools are going to offer five grand. Some are going to offer three grand. And you know what? It hasn't mattered at all. If there's been one yeah. athlete that's like, publicly said, I'm going to the school because of this cost of attendance stipend, I haven't seen it. And I-, I suspect, at least in the short term, NIL is going to be closer to that than it is, outright free agency bidding for most college athletes.
2: You know, and Sasha and I were talking about this too. And we've, we've shared a little bit of this, both on this podcast, but then also just individually between the two of us that in a lot of ways, what NIL is going to do that I think because it's so, it's so new in this, we're only a couple of weeks in. And so that the first rush of like this, look at all these deals, look at all these things that are happening. Look at all, look at all of it going. Once that, Starts to settle, which I would argue we are already seeing, because it's not going to be like that every single day. These, these athletes are going to have to work for, um, even, even the, just the, the basic deals. If you want to deal with Runza, you don't just assume Runza sliding into your DMs every day. You're going to have to do that work too. But God, I wish I wish. Right. If, <laughs> I'm still waiting on. I look, look, Runza, if you are listening to this, I don't even need you to directly sponsor me. I just want one of those Christmas sweaters that you make and maybe some <laughs> socks. Like if you could just like hook me up, that is yeah. all I'm asking. <laughs>
0: Did not you like post your way to a Chipotle sponsorship a couple years ago?
2: Well, no, I mean, I technically want it. I mean, I want a contest. I wrote a haiku, um, but like, yes, I <laughs> yeah. just told people I was sponsored by Hilbert or Hillver- sponsor. you sponsor know, Chipotle sponsored me for a year. Um, No. So don't let that be a lesson to any athletes listening, like (laughs) expect more. I'm just thirsty and really just want that Christmas sweater (laughs) or holiday sweater. Um, The thing is, is I think once we kind of get through the newness of NIL, where I see it being a huge benefit, like you said, any little amount of money is going to matter to these athletes. But I think when you think of the musician who can now go and book Mm. a venue and sell tickets or the The creative
1: that does
2: paintings or makes jewelry And wants to sell stickers on Etsy Mm -hmm. or do this and monetize a YouTube channel or monetize a TikTok account. I think that's where we're going to see more of these athletes finding more general success is them taking the talents that they have off of their respective field pitch court and putting it to use in a way that they were technically not even allowed to do prior to July 1st. Mm -hmm.
0: I completely agree. Like what what I can tell you what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, and you're right, this is already wearing off. There was an incentive for brands to really get in on this early because you would get additional earned media. Mm -hmm. I think I might've been the first brand to sign a deal with somebody associated with Purdue football. So I had the Purdue local media and a couple of Purdue fan sites, write about that deal, which meant I got a greater reach than just that particular athlete. By July 20th, Almost every school is going to have done that already. There's not going to be a novelty factor about it anymore. If I sign a deal with an Ohio State football player later this month, you know, one OSU blog might, might mention it in passing, but that, you're not going to get that amplifying effect. So that's going to adjust the demand. Um, but you're right. And honestly, this is one of the things I think is most exciting about this development. It, I, I, you and I have talked about this off air and every college athletics writer I know has complained about this. It's hard for us to really get to know the athletes. You don't, it's hard to just call one up during a season. A lot of them are walled off behind sports information directors. You don't have a ton of access. We can, we can, we can see them play. We get to know them a little bit through press availability, but Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily get to know their interests independent of athletics. You don't get to know their other hobbies, the other things that they're passionate about with this new world. One, all three of us can talk to athletes in a way that school can't stop us from doing now. um, if, If it's through this context of a commercial conversation, but then it gives them this big billboard to show to the world. They're more than just an athlete. And for me, like I think that that's really exciting as maybe naive and idealistic as this is like, I look at name image and likeness as a legitimate way to, add value and improve the college experience of an athlete because now you get to share with this world these other things that you're interested in you have a chance to apply some of the stuff you're talking about in class about marketing about psychology about running a business in a way that you couldn't do before and even if you never get a check with a comma in it you're going to walk away with some meaningful experience that you're going to have the rest of your life that's going to help you and like
1: I think Absolutely. that's super cool. I think I've, that that like helps them set up if, if their goal isn't to like play professional sports, I feel like that's like broadens your horizons and opens up brand new opportunities and avenues that maybe you hadn't even considered before in terms of a career. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think of one so, individual, which I, I'm, I'm sorry to any Nebraska fans that this triggers, but I do want to bring him up. I think of Tyjon Lindsey. When he was at Nebraska, he had two big interests outside of football. And I'm going to just tell you right now, people made fun of him for both. But I thought that was so silly because it was an athlete that was taking the risk to show people a side of him that wasn't just football so he created a soundcloud and released some music on it he had about five tracks on soundcloud and then he also created an instagram that was based entirely just on fashion he loved clothes loved shoes loved different brands and that's all he wanted to do was just kind of show his creativity through a soundcloud account and this instagram now he didn't obviously make any money at least not that we know of at the time. Yeah. But it was an opportunity for him to do something that was not just him as a football player. And like I said, unfortunately, a lot of people gave him a hard time about this. Maybe he would be a better wide receiver if he was focusing on playing football and not on his music, but it's this is one thing that I think will be so beneficial is to show people athletes are people they don't just yeah. care about what they're doing on the field or on a court or whatever, all of the time they care about so many other things, just like we all have interests that are far beyond our jobs or what we do every day. And just because you have other interests, do not mean that you can not be good at your job. You, you, it is, it is so much bigger than that. So I just think of like what Sasha said and what you said, like it's going to open a world where maybe if they start to see, Hey, Professional isn't going to work out for me, but now I see a path to a future in a business because I've had this experience allowing myself to benefit from it earlier than the day that I graduate from college.
0: Yeah, that's that's the hope. That's that's a great example. And it, I mean, it does speak to a challenge that athletes are going to have because taking advantage of this and cultivating those other interests does take time. And so you'll have to decide, right? Already that the joke is about being an athlete at college, right? You get to pick two of getting enough sleep, having a social life. and like being good at your sport. You don't get to have all three. And now there's a fourth, right? And for a lot of people, they're going to decide, I don't really care. I don't care about making this 600 bucks. I don't want to have to deal with Instagram. I really just want to focus on my sport. or I really just want to focus on my engineering lab. And if that's the choice you want to make, awesome. God bless. There's not going to be a single template for everybody, but this is about, it's about expanding choice. And part of, again, being in college and, and, and learning some of these things is figuring out how to manage that time and what what really is the most important thing for you. And my hope is that while there will be missteps along the way, and I'm sure there'll be missteps this season and a couple of different levels mm-hmm. heading into the fall, we can look back on this in a year and say, this expanded choice, this expanded opportunities for more people. And that's what idealistically both college and college sports is supposed to be about.
2: At least you yeah. hope. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, I mean, like all of us know and like my publication is in part about the fact this is a business and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Right. Like, we can we can we can we, we could talk about those things without having to pretend they don't exist. But um, I, I'm still excited and, and grateful for the, the people that fought to make this a reality that there are some legitimate like academic and like real life benefits that I think will come from this. And I think that Nebraska fans in particular will appreciate because you guys care about your athletes in a way that other college markets don't. And you, and you have uh, more programs to support on a deeper way than, than other programs don't. I mean, this is a chance to get to know them and appreciate them more and, and deeper. Okay. And like, I think that's cool. It's going to be harder in a place like Houston, where even if you have a bunch of like really interesting athletes, well, you're like the 11th, most popular thing in a, in a gigantic city. You're not going to break through as much as you might in Greenville, North Carolina, or in Lincoln, or in I don't know um, Las Cruces, New Mexico.
2: Yeah, I just have to point this out. It's so unrelated, and no one else is going to be able to see this because it's a podcast. But he Matt brought up Houston, and one of my bobbleheads is literally Houston player Ed Oliver on his horse as a bobblehead. From like
0: <laughs> I remember, that. Yeah. man. Like, just imagine what what Ed
2: Oliver would have been like in, in
0: this world for could have made so horses. Funny. Like I'll just say this one one other quick just aside as just a fan of college football and a deep fan of the ridiculousness that's associated with college football. Do y'all realize the meme potential that has just been opened up here in a oh, name? I'm so like excited. In this <laughs> I I cannot wait. Like one of the things that just that cracked me up. When, like the first week that this happened was like somebody paid a rice football player to like try to talk up one of his boys to help him get a date and like and and of course that would have been a compliance nightmare before but like this is and i say this with love it's extremely stupid and i am here for the <laughs> extremely stupid things that are harmless goodness, but Michigan stupid State
2: player who like was like selling a podcast and was like I've never listened to it but but it's, I'm sure it's not terrible. I'm sure it not- was
0: Matt Coughlin, who I saw that and then immediately hired him to promote my newsletter.
2: I saw the one for yours it was good yeah. too. No, but- he's, a,
0: he's a funny guy, right? Like listen, if you're a brands if you're listening and you're like who should I talk to? Talk to a kicker, a punter mm. or an offensive lineman because they are generally the funniest and the smartest people on the football team and they're going to have something interesting to say.
2: Yeah, I mean, just even like I was kind of so speaking of Runza from earlier, but one of the yeah. one of the deals that Nebraska players had an opportunity to get was a Runza. They, they didn't give them much, but it was basically you could get a little something on the first sure. day. Mm-hmm. And the best one I saw was a tight end, Austin Allen. He's like six foot eight something. He's a giant, and he's crouching down in front of a Runza, and he's – um, I mean, it's just the funniest photo because she's just like, you know, me, I love a good deal, and he's like crouching in front of her, runs us. So, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he gave them way more bang for their buck than the person who just took a screenshot of the app and said, like, go get your rewards. He actually put the like time and energy in, and it was funny, it, I, it was memorable to me. And those are the ones where, yes, if you're a brand, go find those individuals because they are going to they're going to be the ones that you can also build a relationship with.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah.
2: And and who wouldn't want to do that with runs if you live in Nebraska,
0: right. Or, or, or at least that you grew up caring about this and you like chili and cinnamon rolls for some reason. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a fun thing to do. I mean like from Wisconsin, I don't know why Culver's hasn't called you yet. Like this, this yeah. is, this is something that you should, you should embrace. And that it's, it's positive. It's good for Ronza. It's good for the athletes. It's good for people that enjoy things that are funny. Um, like I, I, I'm, I'm excited for what, how we're going to, this is going to play out during college football season oh. and, and with people doing dumb things.
2: I hope people world. have some fun. I, yeah, I mean, that it should be fun. Really yeah. right. Have some fun. And the thing is, as we said in the beginning of this podcast, that this is not going to be our only name, image, and likeness episode. And we hope that people email us at at mindyourownpodcastathalevarsity.com for questions on name, image, and likeness, but potentially questions for Matt, because we would love to invite him back on the podcast, yes. especially as name, image, and likeness evolves. So if you send us emails, we can then tell him that hundreds of you reached out, so he has to come <laughs> back. So at mindyourownpodcastathalevarsity.com. Matt, we so appreciate you taking a little bit of your time just to walk through this. I know all of our listeners have been waiting for this. So they thank you as well. Thank
0: (laughs) you. It's, it's, it's it's my pleasure. I mean, I was joking about this earlier, like this week is this week and a week and a half. It's been like my Super Bowl because I've been writing about this here for so long, <laughs> uh, and now that it's finally happened, and I have a little bit a little bit of background for it, I know that there are probably some Nebraska fans that look at this world with some trepidation that they're worried that it's going to mess up something that they've already that they've really appreciated. Um, I, I I legitimately do have some empathy for some of those concerns, but I I really do believe six months from now you're going to look at this and think not only did this not end college sports as we know it. But it's I can look at this and think I like it more um, because now I get to I get to see my the people that I really like and appreciate in a different way.
2: If you want to keep up with Matt, which I really recommend it, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Brown You can also go subscribe to his newsletter at extrapointsmb.com. We will link everything in the show notes as well to make it as easy as possible for you to find really, really recommend it. Matt is incredibly smart. And he also works with some really incredible um, guest contributors as well. So you get just a full um, a full breath of just really everything that's happening in, and- College athletics that sometimes you might not even have thought about. So, again, Matt, thank yep. you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Like I said, everyone, email us so we can tell Matt he has to come back.
0: <laughs> it's 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 my pleasure. Always happy to spend some time with both of you. And yeah, Matt Brown uh, at Matt Brown EP on Twitter. Uh, the newsletter covers not just name image, would you like this information, yes. but about the small small conference realignment, about business, finance, higher education stories, all the stuff you don't really think about that shapes what you see on fall Saturdays and throughout the week um, during the fall and winter.
2: Well, we appreciate it. Again, uh, reach out. I'm at Erin Sorensen on Twitter. She's at Sasha72. We will be back next week, maybe with a mailbag. Sky, Sky, one of our listeners, sort of already, uh, he started sending us emails with questions, so I guess we might have to do it. So if enough of you (laughs) do send questions, maybe we'll do a mailbag as well. So thank you again for listening. We'll be back a week from today.
1: We'll talk to you then. Bye. A
0: Media Production.